now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, my little amateur bugologists. The old vault's been known to have a few infestations. We've got cucarachas, fleas, rats, silverfish... Goldfish, mosquitoes, ticks, tapeworms with legs and arms. But these goddamn cicadas are a bridge too far. That's why I asked one of my friends with the government if he had any experimental equipment around, and he gave me this thing called the Corpsezillerator, and he said it couldn't hurt. Anyway, it's safe because being located in a cemetery, I'm away from people. It's not like I'm using it at the old folks' home next door or the elementary school across the street. So let me just switch this thing on and tell you that today's movie is The Living Dead of Manchester Morgue or Let Sleeping Corpses Lie which I'm sure isn't related at all to this introduction's deus ex machina. Ah. Mm, I feel violent. Hello everyone and welcome to the Vault of Starling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Jason Giaconetti, and I am joined by my usual crew around your radio listening dial, OG himself, Mr. Chris Honeywell. Do I seem ready to attack you? And I'm surrounded by radiation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The hair metal hero, Chris Tyler. Listen, boy, you keep getting on my nerves. I'm going to give you another kind of house to look after, one with lots of bars on the windows. Uh, and rounding out our quartet would be my brother, Luke Giaconetti. Button up, man. You're wearing a uniform, not a pair of pajamas. That was my alternate. <laughs> you, how did no one steal mine? What was yours? I, I, I'm mad for apples, me. That was my second alternate. How did anyone uh, you get... You know what? My, my alternate was the dead don't walk around except in very bad paperback novels. Yes. My, mine was, you wouldn't happen to be the people involved in the murder, would you? <laughs> I run okay. a clean house here. <laughs> yeah. My backup was, I wish I wish the dead would come back to life, you bastard, so I could kill you again. <laughs> Which that was the run... most Chief O'Hara line in the whole movie. Yeah. I was say, you, so, you remember that when, when that episode when Chief O'Hara said that to the Joker? You know, <laughs> he plugged him, plugged him right in the chest. I wish the dead could come back, you bastard. Laugh that one off, you son of a bitch. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see that one on the syndication too much. To play. Right. No, I, I don't think MeTV plays that one often. It's it's kind of a lost episode. It's it's yeah. it's it's on the Blu-ray set though. So no. um, <laughs> they don't like that one. Yeah, they try to just keep it on the down low. It's, it's like the episode of the Tick that doesn't make the set now, but you had to have the bootleg sets like I had from back in the day to get it. Anyway, so if you can't tell what we're talking about, then where you been? Anyway, so what we're talking about is a movie uh, that is, oh, uh, how to describe this? Um, it's British-ish, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So it's no. the, the best. It's it it is it is a. A Spanish-Italian co-production, mostly shot and set in England. What's the name of it? Oh, oh, what's the name of it? You ask. Which well, which one of the names are you going to use? Which one of the names? So we we here in the U.S. know this as "Let Sleeping Corpses Lie." That is the name of our film. However, this film has numerous, numerous <laughs> other titles and has been released in something like 15 different titles over the years, um, ranging from its original title, which was uh, No Profanar el Sueño de los Muertos. Uh, it was released as uh, The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. It was released as Breakfast at the Manchester Morgue. It had numerous other titles, including Zombie 3 in certain uh, uh, areas. <laughs> and then... It was best known here in the States, released by Cinema Mar- Cinema Mark, I believe. Cinemark, excuse oh, me. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Uh, as, uh, on Cinemark, on the great title of Don't Open the Window. To play uh, on a double bill with Don't Look in the Basement. Which oh. has nothing to do with each other at all. Neither one have windows or basements. Or basements. And actually, in all seriousness... Uh, the um, Edgar Wright's uh, fake trailer for Don't, yeah, inspired uh, by Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, being released under the title of Don't Open the Window. Oh, <laughs> yeah. brilliant! Yeah, so um, so just just as some background here, I I picked this one. I suggested this one uh, uh, after we've been doing kind of our spate of zombie movies lately on the show, and this was one that. I found, and Jay, I don't believe you had heard of this one when, when I first found this one. Anchor Bay released this on DVD in, I think it was Anchor Bay or Blue Underground, one of those outfits. Oh, Anchor Bay. Anchor Bay. This, yeah, this, this was in the early 2000s, and they were releasing all the Italian stuff. And I found this one, and it got a really good write-up on like East Splatter, which was a site I used to read back in the day. And I said, sure, I'll pick it up. This sounds interesting. And it's like, oh, it'll be, it'll be just another Italian gut muncher, right? And then you look at it, it's 19... 74 okay yes. so it's already predating dawn of the dead and then you look at it and it's like okay this is actually a spanish italian co-production but was shot a lot of it was shot in and around um manchester manchester england and then shot out in the in the country and i've got a whole list of locations of where this was shot here and and then you then you follow it's like okay this is this is a whole different animal this is not your typical Italian zombie movie ripoff this is something nope. completely different yeah yeah this is not your typical anything yeah it's uh the, the first half of this movie one of my well it's funny this movie like growing up was never on my radar it, it's not in like the phantom's guide to movie it's on either psychotronic book it, I, I never read about it or heard about it till the last like 10 years 
and in my mind, I always got it mixed up with, I think it's a zombie movie called, uh, called Pontypool that's set Pontypool. at a radio. Okay, Pontypool is a much newer movie. It is a right. zombie movie, but that's the words that tell you know, bring them in. It's totally, yeah. Yeah, for some film. reason, I got to get them mixed up in my mind because I think they were both described when I'd seen descriptions of them as being like unusual and like a little slower paced in a good way for zombie movies that they were, you know, so I so like coming into this, I sort of and I knew it was Italian. So I was expecting a gut muncher. The first half of it, I was like the the, the first half of it, it like it, the, it contrasted in a good way to um oh what the what why am i why is my brain blocking it out of my uh head that that movie we hate with where she saws her head off hereditary hereditary this is how you the first half of this movie is like a perfect mixture of horror and kind of art house movie filming it's got like weird little artsy side shots and artsy editing but it's very and but it's very done in a very unsettling way and like the the cinematography is super crisp and beautiful you know and the first half is sort of like in daylight and you know lots of just weird shots of you know the the shot of him driving through the city at the beginning on his bike and on his motorcycle Lady running across the street and no one notices. I'm like, how yeah, did no yeah, one notice? Yeah. Just oh, I noticed. Yeah, we all noticed. But yeah, it's... So, so just just as an aside, that um, that whole sequence is actually through uh, through Manchester. It, they, they were actually filming on the streets, driving through Manchester. They're at. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple of names out. Andy Leyland's ears might start burning. Uh, Portland Street, Market Street, at Brown Street. Um, the Kentworths buildings, Trafford Wharf Road, and uh, Deansgate, Church Street, they're all over the, the, the Victorian Station approach. And the cathedral, Ma- Manchester Cathedral on Victoria Street, is where the streaker comes out of and runs across, and, and nobody pays attention. It totally the, had got, the look, and the yeah. fil- like the filmmakers were like, we're going to do this on the street, we're not doing it with permission or anything. She totally had the look of like she was standing there like, okay, Go do it. Yeah. She drop her, you know, dropped her jacket and and off she went. And uh, you know, and and the cameraman's hiding behind the a other, car, you know. Yeah. Right. The other thing I thought was very um, there's a lot of this movie that, despite being made in 1973, uh, you know, 48 years ago, uh, that is very timely about this film. And one of the things, yeah. just as an aside, that was timely. Oh, you see again in those scenes in Manchester of guys walking around wearing masks on the street. So yeah. I yeah. always notice that now. <laughs> I think we all yeah. do. Well, I think just the style that it was edited and shot and the soundtrack and stuff is is is, is of its time. But the way it's presented, it's done really what the direct. I think the you know the director did a fan. This is like more of. Somebody put some real thought into this movie, into the set design, into everything. But it feels like a modern film trying to hit a retro tone, but not in a cheesy way, you know, like a movie that's paid. But it it feels just the look of it, especially the first half of it, 
has a very modern look like it could have been made for but you know in the in the last 10 years probably it, I, I was finding it very ahead of its time but by the the last half of it the last half is pretty straightforward fun gut muncher craziness but yeah i was not expecting that at all yeah. i was so expecting art, italian yeah. and i'm like how is this italian this does not feel italian at all it wasn't right. until you saw the cast names at the end that you were like oh okay yeah so our our director is jorge Grau, who actually uh just passed away in in 2018 at the age of 88 Jeez. and uh so he was but he was a spanish uh director and so he he's done a few other horror movies the one that really jumps out to me is from 1973 it's uh ceremonia sangrienta which is the legend of blood castle here in the u.s uh that is a film about a a contessa you know doing the elizabeth bathory thing and bathing in the blood of virgins oh, yes. nice um that actually uh, on the dvd i have there's a great like 20 minute interview with growl and uh, he talks about how that film helped this film get made basically he had uh he had a script for Ceremonia Sangrienta, and uh, he wanted to make it. And so his, uh, his Spanish studio hooked him up with an Italian production company. And the producer, who was the producer of this film, um, and I don't have that right in front of me here. I don't have the, uh, uh, the production side. But he really, really, really liked. It's uh, Edmundo Amati is the producer here. And Edmundo really liked Night of the Living Dead. And he said, hey, can you make this? This, uh, you know, Countess bathing in blood thing. Can you make it like Night of the Living Dead? And and Grau said, well, I mean, I love, he said, I love Night of the Living Dead, but no, this is not that type of movie. I really can't make this like Night of the Living Dead. So so that Italian co-production company did not make um, Ceremonia Sangrienta. But he got a call from the same guy a few months later. He goes, hey, you know, I got a script. Do you want to make a movie like Night of the Living Dead? And so Grau said, sure, he'd make a movie like Night of the Living Dead. But so it, you know, it, it had kind of a weird genesis. But, you know, the, the connective tissue with Night of the Living Dead is there right at the beginning. And again, being oh, 1974, yeah. predating Dawn of the Dead, that's kind of the big name here, right? I mean, there, yeah. there's, you don't think about, I mean, we think about Night of the Living Dead as being influential. But when it comes to Europe, we always think about Dawn of the Dead. At least I do. Because Dawn of the Dead really kickstarted a right, lot of that. Right. But, so much of this film thematically is similar to that, even to different choices uh, of, of, of the way scenes are, are put together and the way scenes play out. And, uh, and, and again, if you're going to find that DVD, I recommend it because that interview with Growl, I have to see if it's on YouTube or something. But you talk about a guy thinking out. He, he explains all the different choices that they made and that he did, in fact, think about why things were. The guy really, I'm not really familiar with Growl outside of this film. But he really struck me as a very thoughtful filmmaker and, and actually spoke very highly about like he, he was a, did a lot of different genre work, not just horror. But he spoke really highly about horror fans. He said that every time he would go to a horror convention, it was like everybody was they were all old friends because he had made this movie that everybody liked. And so everybody was happy to see him. You know, he said horror fans are and genre fans are the best fans in the world for that reason. So I thought that was real. I was like, okay, this guy, this guy kind of knows what side the what side the bread is buttered on here. Damn yeah. Right. No, I mean, there the 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 ju just the set design, the set dressing, of uh, uh, was incredible. You know, you could, like the the detail put into it to make it look and feel 
like re- real sets. And then when it was time to get get crazy, he got artistic with it. <clears throat> In the beginning, maybe three quarters David Lynch in parts and then it and then as it got going you know the the scene with with the attack when when the photographer was setting up is is very is a great way it was beautiful to look at with just a limited little low budget set they were worked around their low budget constraints really creatively it's like okay we can't have a million zombies and let's just let's just have a few zombies, but make them almost impossible. They're almost more like uh, Return of the Living Dead zombies. Yeah. Except they don't talk, but they're they 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 are imbued with more intelligence, definitely more strength, and they can take headshots. Yeah, yeah so, they're uh, tough bastards. Yeah. So like the it it's it was just a joy to watch from from beginning to end. The only like I I I wish the end had more light in it just so I could see more of the the cinematography like in the beginning but the the darkness is used wonderfully in this um yeah the the, the only things that like stand out to make it kind of cheesy are just sort of things that are built in to movies from that time period, like the actor who played the photographer's eyebrows and stuff like that. You, um, know? you mean they were amazing? Those were some. Those were some Burt level. Those were some Muppet level <laughs> eyebrows that guy had. Yeah, I was I was totally thrown for a loop watching this. I had never seen it, and uh, it's just it's such a slow burn. And I yeah. was kind of picking up on the the original Night of the Living Dead feel real early with it especially when uh george comes running back to to the woman there katie um mm-hmm. and uh it's just like wow that is just feels exactly like they're coming to get you barbara you know and her, and her sister her sister has a very barbara feel to her when yeah. she's in the throes yes. of like well that's the other thing it's like, oh, wait, wait, yeah yeah go ahead what oh, that's the other thing i was thinking when i was watching i'm like it's I didn't know where it was going because it takes it takes a very long time before the dead start to show up and it's like what's this subplot with the with the unhappy couple and the heroine I'm like Jesus Christ like where is this going I had yeah. no and they pack clue. a lot of storytelling without like laying out anything with that couple you know just through like you know the detective seeing the pictures you know her you start getting a you know you start putting it together because the first time you see the two of them you're like what the hell is going on here but then you're like well wait till our sister your your sister well she arrives and it's like oh okay so that's the sister coming in so you start putting together the story of it and the detective sort of spells it out later on but you've already sort of picked it up from and the pictures are totally weird, like a weird, like like a million weird photographer guys take of their heroin addicted wives and stuff yeah. like that. But it was just very, very well done. It was he, he wasn't really concerned with making sure he spelled everything out perfectly for everything. He knew how to do it, you know, show and not tell. Right. Yeah. Well, he. I mean, they show her. You, you don't know it's heroin at first, but she because she has the. She's like, as soon as he leaves, she gets the needle and like whatever. What, 
what I'm saying is, at first, it just looks like it's like you don't know what she's doing at first, kind of thing. She's like, what yeah, is she? She's she sneaking around like, doing something. Yeah. Right. And then you see the packet, and when she pours it in, you're like, oh, it's heroin. Like, she's, okay, that's what, she's, that's what she's doing. Right. But you didn't know immediately that it had to be heroin. You didn't know if she was, like, going to poison him, going to try to do whatever. Like, that was clearly. Thought. I thought yeah. she was, like, schizophrenic and going to do, and, and trying to do him in. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah, but you're like, oh, oh, she's going to shoot up heroin. Oh, okay, I got what's happening now. And you're like, okay. But it doesn't, it wasn't like you needed that, like, to be like, oh, well, that's why she's like this. But it makes perfect sense because you don't have to guess at it. You kind of already, you know, know. And then I instantly flashed forward to the remake of uh, Evil Dead. It's like, oh, I take the the string out girl out to the cabin for a year, you know, and try to dry her out. It was yeah. just like, man, this is this movie is just ahead of its time and weird. Yeah. So the interview, I'm not sure if it's the right interview, Luke, uh, but yeah. it had it's in three different parts on YouTube, um, and it says uh, discussing let sleeping corpses lie at war, uh, and it's in obviously he's Spanish because he's speaking Spanish, but it has English subtitles underneath. Yeah, and it, that's pr- that, that sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. The I'll first take a part. Look. Eight minutes, the 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 then it's seven and a half, and so it's like twenty minutes long. Yeah, that's probably the same interview then. It's probably the same interview. So it's on YouTube. You can search, just search the director's name, um, and also there's a trailer for the female butcher, which is the the movie that you just were talking about, right? It's the the actual trailer for Ceremonia Sangrieta. Uh, Sang- yes. Now was that a was that a butcher who was a female or a butcher who butchered females? I would say I, it's a butcher who was female because, like I said, it's about a, the countess who uh, you know, oh, kills yeah, virgins yeah. and bathes in their blood. She's she's smearing blood on her face, so I'm just. But thinking, she probably butchers females too. She probably right, yeah, it's a probably little bit of column virgins. A. Little yeah, bit of column so I guess a. it works both ways. It's a very ecumenical butcher. Uh, See who can't now? Who says we don't have good vocabulary? What other horror podcast you know is saying ecumenical? I'm I'm Jesuit educated. Sue me. <laughs> hey, we need somebody if we ever have to do that exorcism that we've been yes. talking about. Amen. con Dios. There we go. Why, why, why you do this to me, Chrissy? As long as as long as you're there with Dickie the dog to protect her, you, you should be okay, Chris. Attack, Dickie! Attack! Attack, Dickie! Attack! <laughs> Attack, Dickie! That's week uh so um will meet his match when he needs to like to know more about the beyond please look back in our archives and our episode covering lucio fulci's the beyond <laughs> um what was it so as um as luke said this movie had 16 different titles all around the world um it's shockingly also borrowed a tagline saying to avoid fainting, keep your move, keep your mem- repeating. It's only a movie. It's only a movie. So they actually stole that too off. Last house. Yeah. Uh, this movie borrows liberally from a lot of things, um, but at no point does it actually feel like you know. Sometimes you watch a movie like God, this is just a mashup of a whole lot of things. Clone this, or rip off, yeah. This doesn't feel like that. It's it. It definitely, as I, I was watching it, because I was it watching it. feels like a modern homage. Yeah, but it's like, but, all right, but I'm saying, but it's like, you're getting like halfway through, and it's not boring, but you're like, nothing's really happened. Yeah. Like, and, and when it picks up, it picks up. 
Like, because now these zombies, there's no, like, oh, I can't open this door. We're going to pull the gravestones out of the ground. We're going we're gonna to use the, the cross, the giant uh, um, stone cross as a hammer. Like, we are, we are here to do it, you know, kind of thing. Yep. Uh, they can climb ladders. I'm impressed. The zombie makes eye contact with its potential victims while waking up other zombies and stuff. It's yeah, there it's 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 personal with these zombies for sure. Right. They seek revenge. Yes. Not only is it the is it the radiation that they're putting into the ground that's you know causing them to come back to life, they can Take the blood of the living and wipe it on the eyes of the uh, other dead, and they'll. Yeah, that's a new one. But here's the thing: is at no point do you feel like you're questioning. I what? How does that make any sense? How did how did that work with the first with the the first transient guy who wiped the blood on him? You know, I it just seemed like he was not. He was he was still. So patient zero, right? Right. The thing was, he, he was he was within a mile of where it was, and he was recently dead. So that so his nervous system wasn't completely dead; it was still living, or still partially living at a low level. So it revived him, and that's why he was like, you know, he's the guy, right? You know, kind of thing. But it's yeah. just, but at no point are you sitting there going, okay, this is nuts. Like this is crazy. Like like none of this makes sense. Well, it was the a little bit of vampire. It was just a touch yeah. of vampire. Yeah, which which I think would make it so unique and why it's so good. And the crazy part is when we got we saw this when Luke Luke first picked this up, he bought this movie and a movie called um, The Dead Hate the Living, which is Full Moon, right, Luke? Yes, yes, okay. Full Moon. Yep. So Luke brought home. He goes, I got the Let Sleeping Corpses Lie and The Dead Hate the Living, and they both sound like they're Full Moon movies. And I'm like, and they also both sound like Misfit songs. Yes, yes, they definitely, they definitely did, right? So I said to him, I said, well, whatever you want to watch, right? Because we're going to watch them both. So we watched Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. And I'm like, this is nothing like a – because the title and even the cover art is nothing special. The cover art for Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, it's like it, – it, it looks like a kind of like a painting you would have seen on Night Gallery. You know, kind of thing. It's nothing yeah. spectacular. It's like skeletons and whatever. I'm like, okay. And it's really good. You're like, that was not what I was expecting to see. No, and this one watch. totally fell through the cracks until like the till like ten years ago. Right, but it's, it's but it's hard to believe because that that it did because the literally it was released everywhere in the world with a different <laughs> title and that that somehow no one was like, hey, you ever hear of this movie called Don't Open the Window? And you're like, what is it about? It's like this, like that sounds like the Living Dead at the Manchester Board. Like you know what I'm saying is so it's not like people saw it under different titles and they were like, oh, it's this. It was a movie that Anchor Bay put out, and this was, I want to say, it's got to be around, what, 2000, right? Or something like that, yeah, Luke, right? somewhere around there. Yeah. Now, right? So the thing is, we're watching this, and I'm like, this is not what I expected. Because we had already seen, you know, Zombie. We had already seen, um, what, I'm trying to, not forget the other ones. Uh, the Beyond and uh, City of the Living Dead. And, right, yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. Right, we'd already seen those things. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be an Italian no problem. I know what I'm expecting here. And you get literally a completely different movie. Yet, there are scenes of actual gut munching. Yeah. You get like three different kinds of... You get, yeah. three, you get an art house movie, 
you get a hippie hippie in the squares in the pigs tension movie you get a <clears throat> sort of cut rate special doctor who's special effects version of day of the triffids i mean that was almost like the concept that was almost like they took us although it, <clears throat> it works beautifully it was almost like a concept from another movie that they cut in or something because <laughs> yeah. like the whole idea of okay here's the spaghetti strainer and oscilloscope that that make the uh, that that are going to fix the insects by making them super aggressive so that they attack each other that's like the beginning of a bug movie you know yes. that's just that's just a bug movie in the making and that and the, and that just gets that just gets you know what i i also love when he smashed the oscilloscope i thought in my mind oh no you smashed my oscilloscope and then the guy said oh no he smashed our oscilloscope and i'm like oh, this is fucking great this is great so not only do we do that but they also have that the babies are attacking people. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that whole. Yeah. The way ahead of the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. I, um, the babies attacking people like that became like a thing later on. Like, it's just so funny. It's like, so you have the insects become super aggressive, but that's not the story. You have babies attacking people, but that's not the story. Like, yep. it's all not the story. That's and you're like, huh? what? But it, yes. it's and okay. so, folks, you might be saying to yourself, "Going, this sounds nuts." It all makes sense. Yep. That's the crazy part. It's right. all like it's like a nice narrative. It just goes right along. At no point you're like, "I don't understand what's happening." You just got follow along, and it, it actually is a very linear story. Yeah, it was telling. Like, well, you, know the, like the, you, you would the, normally hear someone go, just turn off your brain and follow it. But you don't even uh, have to turn off your brain. It, were, it's, it works sense. perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Chris, you said it. You said one of the aspects of this story is the, the hippie versus the pigs. And that's the other aspect of this that I that one of the other aspects of this that it, to me is very timely is the, you know, the, the very antagonistic relationship between our hero, George, and the uh -huh. inspector. And the inspector's played by Arthur Kennedy, which is which is. Uh, Grau talks about that. Who's, yeah. who's halfway between Columbo and Chief O'Hara, basically. Yeah. But he, he talks about that in the interview that Kennedy had stopped getting big roles in America. And so now he was kind of just in, in Europe to keep working and, and keep on, you know, making money doing doing this stuff. And so he kind of wrote the inspector a little bit like that. A guy that the idea being that the guy who he had ambition to be in like the ministry, but he topped out here as a police inspector. So he's got this chip on his shoulder and thinks that the world is owes him something and that, you know, he got screwed out of it and all this. So he's a guy that already is an asshole. Well, like, I, I like that he gets, throw... he gets ranting and raving and then they just cut away. You see the yeah. people next to him going like, Oh God, here he goes again. And then they just cut away. So, you know, he's always going off, <laughs> yeah. but they, they, mercifully <laughs> this, never this is every time he spoke all i could think of was the seinfeld episode with bookman the library inspector yes every single time he spoke <laughs> are you thinking about that think about this yeah <laughs> but uh but you got you know but you put him in this in relation this this in very antagonistic relationship with with george and it drives the story the idea that because george is this you know this long-haired guy from the city that the inspector immediately distrusts him and doesn't 
you know, and, and suspects him of being involved in this murder. And you get all the seventies panic, you know, his, uh, uh, his, his, uh, the forensic guy says that well, they could be drug maniacs or Satanists. Yeah. You know, you got a little bit of Satan panic in there and it, it really, you know, and then, and, and this guy is, you know, what, what's the, when we think about the British police, we think about the, the, the infinitely patient Bobby, right? And, and you now, think no guns either. In the middle either. of the 70s, we've got the gun-toting madman. And it's so atypical of what we normally believe for a British policeman, at least here in the in the States, that it's, you know, it's, it's like, okay, this can't end well. This can't end well. And it gets continually worse it until it finally so does crescendo. It the story. It, yeah. Because George, well... It was funny because I started to laugh when you said George's antagonistic relationship with the cop because George had an antagonistic relationship with everybody. He was Pretty just much, a dick, yeah. but he was he was a good he wasn't just a standard movie dick. He had his own he had his own thing going and he was getting frustrated with it and he was just mad with everybody and he was sort of up his own ass. So he was an interesting he was a very interesting character. And once it got into the story and he was involved in saving his life and and stuff like that, he became a very sympathetic character. But he was just by the by the end of that movie, he just had he had the, the you know, the cops were after him, shoot to kill and the, the zombies were after him. So just everything was bearing down on him and he just wanted to go sell a stone idol and yeah. go sit, sit and listen to the grass grow. And uh yeah, it, it it added such a layer of tension. It sort of also, I think, was, you know, re- resonating back with Night of the Living Dead, with where the main character is black and gets shot by the rednecks at the end. Right. But th- this one used it to a more, you used it to more, um, more, you know, more of an end instead of just an. It, it added to an ironic ending, but then they they upped the ironic ending after that. But it also pro- provided like, you know, a full movie full of tension between the two characters. So it was it was uh, it was a really smart move. And yeah. and it was also very dark, which is good for a zombie movie. Yeah. I mean, when when Ben gets shot at the end of the Night of the Living Dead, to me, even though I know it's coming, it's always shocking. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, God, you know, whereas here, when the inspector shoots George, my response is god damn it it's yeah. like come you've been wrong at every step you've been wrong about everything and you're so convinced that you're right that you have fucked up yep. every single aspect of this that you've touched and you just shot dead the guy who's been trying to tell you this for however many hours this situation has been going on you just shot him fucking dead and you think you're a damn hero like yeah, God you're, damn you're, it! He's proud of himself. Yeah, and 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 it's one of those things where they leave it up in the air enough that it could, you know, it's not going to turn out good. You know, he's probably going to shoot that guy. Yeah. But it also could turn out with you know the inspector's going to find out at the last minute that the guy was right, and then there might even be a little uh, a little team up and and you know stuff like that but they just they just dangle that because it ain't it's a zombie movie it, it can't go that way yeah so, so also, yeah and, and and luke luke will appreciate this right so like they can't they can't shoot him shooting him doesn't work right he they tried clubbing him in the head with a rock didn't work nothing were ran him over didn't work right so they gotta burn him yep gotta set him on fire 
just like Santo and the vampire women. Like, they ain't going to do anything else. We're going to set yeah. people on fire. Right? Literally, yeah. he's just setting when, them on when fire. When in doubt, burn it with fire. When in doubt. Oh, and something about them makes them go up real good. Yeah, they're, they're going fast. <laughs> yeah, they, they, fluid, you know? they burn right up like... um. Oh, what, what, what do you, what do you call that when uh, spontaneous combustion? They just yeah. go right up like they, like their blood is turned to kerosene or something. Oh, Ralph yeah. talks about that a bit on the interview too. He says that that one of the things that they tried to portray was that the dead, you know, they don't feel pain. They're yeah. dead, you know. So they, if you look, he goes, they don't react with pain to the fire. It's more just fear. They're yeah. afraid of the bright light and the heat. They don't understand it at that point. And so they're just more scared than anything else of the fire. It's the same way they react to bright light uh, in the rest of the film, like with the flash at Martin with Martin's camera when Katie's yeah. being chased. Um, Guthrie, the, uh, the, the first zombie, he, you know, he runs away from the flashing light. So even that. Again, it gives a little bit of thought. That's one of the things. Sometimes you see zombies react with pain in some of the real cheap ones. It's like, really? Are they really feeling much? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, I think it was brilliant, too, that, like, actually there was a point towards the end of the movie where you were hoping that they wouldn't kill the where you, they wouldn't kill the zombies because every time they killed the zombies, the inspector would come upon it and be like, ah, look. Them hippies yeah. have Red killed again. Hippies have been murdering again for Satan, and it's just like, no, just leave one, <laughs> leave him one zombie, you guys. Just run away from the zombies and let him let him find you, and then you can just wait for him to catch up and go. You're right, yeah. you're right. But no, you got to go kill all the zombies and just like screw yourselves over more. No, it was uh, it worked on so many different levels. It was great. Yeah. There's two and, things. That, oh, go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, and, you know, the crazy part is when you think about it, as a movie that many, many people haven't seen, and like Chris said, it's not in uh, the psychotronic, uh, you know, um, film, but it's not, yeah. this thing shows up, actually, where the one place I saw this, there's a book I have, it's like a thousand and one horror, or no, 666 horror movies to see, or something like that, it's in there, and it's in the, the um, ultimate horror, not horror hound, uh, gore hound book. It's like, and they give little synopsis of movies, right? They're like, it's like Leonard Malton book, but like, they, you know, they're movie reviews, but like everything, but it's like how many, you know, out of how many like uh, vampire stakes or how many, whatever, right? They're in those books. Like when you look at like a big collection of them, they tend to make those lists. But when you say to somebody, name the 10 best zombie movies, this is never one of them because a lot of people have never seen it. People who even consider themselves zombie aficionados have not seen it and it's a shame because i think a lot of people would appreciate this movie for what it is because it's not dumb it's not mindless it's not it's not just another like it's not like oh what the heck was it not like virus or you know it doesn't feel uh, dated it doesn't feel slapped together it doesn't like but when you watch like which one is the one with the birds is that zombie five yeah death birds Death birds. You're Death like birds. actual movie that we've sat through. And yeah. I'm like, I'm I don't, like, I don't oh know if God. Death Bird, Death Birds was actually worse even than uh, Ultra La Muerta, Ultra La Muerta, which is after death, which is zombie four. Yeah. Oh my God. The zombie oh. four at least has a really banger theme song. Yes. Well, we're watching zombie four going, it can't get worse than this. 
Then we zombie five. We're like, we were wrong. So anyway, what I'm saying is these movies, this this is not just some derivative. It's not just something else. It's not just another remake, another rehash, another whatever. Even though it does have pieces and parts of other themes and ideas, especially even the Night of the Living Dead stuff, without even realizing it, you can see the Night of the Living Dead conceptual ideas that appear in the movie, but they're different enough where it's not just straight up, well, they're ripping off Night of the Living Dead. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, the, you know, the two the two locations I did want to mention um, when Edna and I, and just in case you forgot, our film was set in the UK. Our here our two main characters are George and Edna. Mm. Yeah. But uh, um, when she is menaced by Guthrie, when they're parked at the st- uh, the stepping stones, uh, those are the Dovedale stepping stones in Derbyshire. And that is a, a, a famous location. Uh, in uh, Derbyshire in the UK that has been around for a long time. The other one I want to mention is the church. And the church is St. Michael's Church in uh, Hathersage in, in Derbyshire. Okay, now that this church is actually a tourist location. It is a famous tourist location because supposedly the bones of Little John from the Robin Hood myth yes. are interred there. And yes. the story goes that, you know, they went and they had a couple, they were allowed to film there for a few days. And on the first day, all the electricians and the technicians and cameramen, they were very respectful. They were filming at a, at a church in a graveyard, but you know how film guys are. So after a couple of days, he said, uh, there's, there's papers everywhere. There's Coke bottles on top, on top of the tombstones. And you know, it was, it was just like, it was a set. And supposedly the story goes that a bus full of tourists rolled on up and were shocked at these, you know, these, these indignant foreign filmmakers desecrating this sacred land, you know, holding the bones of a great hero of English myth uh, to film their, their trash movie. And so they were, they, they were allowed to finish filming there one more day and then they were kicked out and there were headlines in the British papers of, uh, you know, foreign filmmakers desecrate graves and everything. <laughs> well, there is, was also there wonderful was... publicity. If you're going to make a zombie movie, <laughs> yes. I think. Well, while they were there, they actually filmed the sign that said, this is, this is God's land, you yeah. know, be respectful and, and all that. They, they, they purposely like lovingly left that shot in there. So, yeah. I mean, all my, That's you know, it, it's, an, it's a Spanish and Italian co-production. So I imagine there were several heated arguments about, you know, international football. That would be my. Hey, they're <laughs> dead. They don't care about the cocaine. <laughs> they got money. What is it? Hey, I don't hear nobody complaining. So I must I, have I, one I, argument about Barca versus Inter. I guarantee you at some point during that, the course of this shoot. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> a piece of trivia here that I wanted to throw out there. Um, so the nurse who gets, uh, you know, her, her chest ripped apart and stuff like that. Uh, when they were filled, when they were casting, they purposely cast a woman who was rather small chested so they could build the entire prosthetic of her breast for the scene. So yep. she is literally the entire scene. She is wearing a prosthetic to be that. So they don't have to cut away. So they just come in and start ripping at her with ripping the prosthetic and stuff. She's wearing the full makeup the entire, oh. which yeah. is usually not how you do that. Usually you do it with a woman who's very well endowed and then you kind of put fakies on, right? But like, it's so funny that he's like, no, no, let's get someone who's already small chested. Let's make her really big, ch- you know, kind of thing. And we'll have her rip them apart. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah you other- talk about that, that they had to, so the prosthetic had to look accurate inside and out. 
you know, yeah. because of the way it was shot. It had to, you know, and on the, I'm sure on, on, uh, on a VHS or something, this would have looked a little, cause it stands out a little bit on the DVD, yes. not so much when they're tearing her apart, but right when her shirt, when her blouse starts popping, it's like, yep. okay, that's, that's a little latexy. But, yeah. uh, but you know, again, I'm not, I'm not criticizing, but that, that, so they had to do it the way it was shot so that she had it on and they could just, but it had to look like flesh and everything inside when they were tearing her apart. And that again, that, you know, I, I was, I was talking with a, with a, with a group of, of other podcasters today, just a, a little bit of a social call. And it was kind of a mixed group as far as content, you know, kind of the rating of, of stuff they put out. And I don't know that anybody on the call was quite as hard boiled as we are on this show. But we got to talking about this movie and I put it into our little chat and I said, now be warned. I said, this starts out as like, a, you know, a creepy atmospheric, like British mystery. I said, in the last reel, this turns into like hardcore Euro zombie. Okay, so just be forewarned of that. So when things start going sideways, you know, don't come crying to Luke saying, hey, you didn't tell us this. <laughs> so, That's a the t-shirt other... right there. Don't come crying to Luke. Don't come crying to Luke. Available at our new Zazzle store. I'm kidding. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, and the other piece of thing is, uh, so the old, it's called the Old Owl, right? That's the name of the hotel, yeah. right? Or the inn, whatever it is. Except, how was owl spelled? Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. So owl, O at O W L is spelled O L W. Yeah. Not kidding. <laughs> Go back and look. It's spelled wrong. How did you spell owl wrong? I'm guessing. That's- I th- this is my guess. I'm guessing that there was act. That's actually like a old British name, like Celticy name, and that they that it kept getting called the owl place so they so they so the tradition became they added a trained owl to the the front of it because hey owls i don't know what an owl's lifespan is but if you're gonna have your hotel that be the thing they probably go through more than one owl and yeah that's that that was what that would be my that would be my guess because I just don't see in a movie of this much production design if they made the sign for that. I, I'm thinking it's got to be a real place. So and this, so this place, at least now, is known as the Castle Inn. It is a, a still operating uh, inn and pub in uh, Derbyshire, um, in uh, in Castleton, Derbyshire, and uh, so it was, and it was an it was operating at the time, and it is still operating now as uh, as uh, under the name the Castle Pub, and uh, it's uh, let's see, uh, it's spoo- steeped in spooky local le- steeped in spooky local legends, tales tell of no less than four spirits haunting the grounds of the castle, Ooh. including a jilted bride. Also, that says something about some weirdo from Manchester that was killed by a police inspector. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It doesn't actually say that. Well, they should put that in there. But Hero, this is up your alley. They have a well-stocked bar, including cask ales, fine wines, and British gin to suit every taste. I do like <laughs> British gin. I do, too. It's uh, uh, good old gin. I and was drinking I like some gin earlier this evening while we were recording. Oh, you my. Hear some of that right there. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to and make sure I threw those. The little shop, they, with the yes. village shop that they go into the where bars. they get the papers and stuff, that is called the Old Barn, and that, again, was... Uh, an actual little village shop that apparently is uh, is still operating, I think, to this day. Do they still I think have that, the that sign part... that says assorted sandwiches made fresh? Yes. That, that was a big draw. The, yeah, part, the, part of, the, the part of the joy of watching it was seeing those old, <laughs> like, 
you could tell they just found authentic look there, there was that building that said antiques that i kept seeing and just the combination of the ancient cobblestone and then like then you see like concrete steps that were probably made in like 1912 that are all beat up it, it's just and it was beautifully photographed so you could just see every detail of what a store looked like there at that time period and everything it was just 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 gorgeous and you just got to see george go and be a dick to everybody <laughs> hi old lady you you got you you rent cheap motel rooms to people who want to fuck well i don't want to fuck her <laughs> i want a real room for an honorable guy like me let me go on the phone and yell at some people <laughs> I, I definitely, you talk about authentic locations. I, I really am, uh, I do want to pass this movie on to our our uh, podcasting colleague, Andy Leyland, um, you know, because I'm sure I'm sure some of this may look familiar to him in where he lives in uh, in, in the UK because he is situated in, in Manchester, that area. So, but yeah, I mean, that, that's the other thing about it. It's like, uh, you know, one, one of the things that I always love about a lot of cheap Italian movies, we talked about this on... Uh, on the beyond a little bit. And then we brought this up with like the New York Ripper and stuff like that, where, you know, you film just enough to make it look like it's in a place. Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of the interiors and stuff in this film were shot in Italy, but there is so much shot in and around where they're in either, whether they're in Manchester or they're on the, the countryside here that you really do buy the setting and it, and it sells the setting yeah. 100%. You never yeah. think, Oh, they're, they're on a set now. It's like, no, I believe when they go from the exterior of that old abandoned, super creepy looking hospital mm. yes. to the inside it's like okay yeah that's that's the inside of that hospital no not only when i only later when i'm looking up that that's not the barnes hospital in cheshire right. you know that it's actually <laughs> set somewhere in in rome that yeah. you know it, but your mind just buys it because it has that it has that authenticity that sincerity that you, it's you, it's you nicely edited it. too so you feel that they set up they've they they've they thought out how the space is laid out in the story and filmed it like that, which a lot of films just don't bother to do when they have yeah. a weird exterior. So you'll just have like this, like you don't really know where anybody is, but they filmed this one. So you always knew where people were in relationship to the zombies and everybody else. And it, it totally like pulled you into that reality. You know, it, yeah, it was, it was seamless, you know, yeah, that that scene in the hospital where um, it's uh, it's Katie is going down the uh, good gone to the elevator. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that you talk about I love shots like that where yes. everything is presented in the frame and you just have to look for it. You know, we're we're typical moviegoers, right? We're trained to look at the characters in the foreground and not the background. But they're God damn it. If those zombies aren't there. Mm -hmm. Just shambling down there, and they're coming right at until they're until they're right on top, and then you see them because now they're in the midground. You're like, holy shit, you know. But yeah. then I, I mean, rewatching this, I went back and rewatched it, and it's like, sure enough, they're there yep. the entire time, and it's like, oh man, that is so well. And that scene again, elevators in the dead are always kind of creepy to begin with, and those those old fashioned you know manual door elevators mm -hmm. always kind of creep me out a little bit. I always, I guess, I flash back to Deep Red with that, yeah. you know, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I, I escaped from a burning building in one of those elevators once, and it was one of the most hair raising. Like, well, here's how <laughs> I die. Cooked yeah, in I had a, a good run, you know, old metal elevator. Yeah, 
Closest I ever came to a, a well, I had a good run situation. We were uh, this is this is totally unrelated, by the way, to to creepy old elevators. We were tubing. Oh, I know. Chattahoochee River in Georgia. Was Alan Jackson with you? Alan Jackson was not with me. Damn it. Um, But I I did, in fact, settle for a burger and a grape snow cone, dropped her off early, but I didn't go home. Did Uh, Billy Joel jump off the bridge? uh, No. Billy Joel would. I don't think Billy Joel's ever been in the state of Georgia. No, no. Billy Joel. Billy Billy Joel jumped off the Chattahoochee Bridge. You've Uh, never heard of Well, that's entirely possible. There were several bridges, but. uh, And several Billy Joes. Yeah. But uh, but we were tubing, right? And uh, this the, the parts of this river actually get somewhat fast for a tube, which uh, I was not aware of. <laughs> and uh, and at one point we were moving on pretty good, and I got pushed up on one side of the tube and got flipped over. I got capsized in the tube, and I'm being dragged along with the tube in the current underwater. And the tube didn't like it had like a like a sealed bottom. It didn't have like a flat like a hole for your butt. Like it had like a sealed part for your Ooh. butt. And I thought, okay, well this is how I die, drowning in that, Georgia. I did have that thought. It's like, well, I had a, this. This is where I'm gonna die. And and I, but I managed to push myself off some rocks and get up. And it's like, you know what? I'm gonna lash myself onto somebody else now. So if we if I go down, we all go down. He's <laughs> <laughs> not going down with three barrels in him. <laughs> He's twenty feet long. Twenty five. <laughs> we agreed this was a group activity. Yeah. Now you guys stand up to the bargain. See, the thing is, Luke Luke almost drowned actually in a river. Luke was with me when I almost drowned in literally a tube at a water park where was I was not in the water. So was it was it Action Park? No, no. I survived Action Park without any scars or anything. Weren't you at Action Park the day it almost burned to the ground? It burned to the ground. The day it closed, and they tried to reopen it, and they got sued, and they closed it again. I was there the day it burned. Um, no, Luke and I, Luke, my, uh, Luke and I, and uh, was it Jacob and Anna? I think, or two, yeah, two, two, two of my kids. kids right? I don't remember two which kids. one. I don't remember who it was. It had to be the bigger ones, right? We're on this tube thing. I don't have my glasses on. Well, all of a sudden we're going down. We're spinning, and it's no big deal. Well, water comes up and goes right in, goes right down my throat and into my lungs, and I oh. now can't catch my breath. And I'm now ch- choking. Water park water, too. Yes. Oh, yeah, trust me. And and this is before we knew I had cancer and stuff, so I thought I was just fat with LPR. But, like, that stuff can't be good in there, right? You know, got lymphoma. Lymphoma's in there. What the fuck, dude? Just have chemo. Do with this shit. Well, I'm dying. I'm choking. I'm gasping for air, right? We get to the bottom. I The guy's like, just stand up. I pitch myself backwards. So I can fall down, and it shakes it loose, and I just start having all the water coming out of me. The guy's like, what the fuck? I go, dude, I almost drowned on this. He thinks. He goes, how? I said, the water just shot right down my throat and got caught. I couldn't breathe. Looks like, dude, that was crazy. I'm bright red. My eyes were all bloodshot. I'm like, I almost drowned on dry land. <laughs> that, always, just, that always sucks when something like that happens to you, and yeah. it's, like, absurd. So nobody around you, like, there's usually a couple people who believe you, but they still can't really, like, they, don't, they still like, don't oh, really okay. believe you. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they don't believe you. They just don't know how, like, screwed up you are. But, like, I had a okay. friend like that who had, we were at a concert, and he had kind of an epileptic, like, seizure with the strobe lights. And, like, oh, when, he, when he, and we sat him down, and he came to, and he was fucked up and we were like hey it's okay buddy and we're just like hey just fuck up man <laughs> and he's looking at us like ah 
<laughs> that was the same. That was a. In, in all fairness, the Luke, park where the guy went on the one slide and he like, go ahead, Jay. No, no, I'm saying in all fairness, Luke knew I was in trouble, but there was no way to get across no the tube because we would have capsized the entire tube and hurt all of us. So we're going, we're go, we're spinning around. It's not like, and I'm like, at any minute now, we're gonna spin and the water's just gonna come flying out of my throat. But it wasn't. It was like a centrifuge. It was oh. keeping it. In. And I'm like, fucking physics. What the hell? Physics <laughs> is trying to kill me again. <laughs> fucking math trying to kill me again. God damn it. So it's all it does. Say, this, this was the same trip we saw that guy waterboard himself when he was with that God. that real. That now look, okay, my brother is not a sport. Why are you man. waterboarding yourself? Why you waterboarding yourself? Now, but now again, and Jay, I I don't think I'm saying anything unfair when I say you're not a small man. No. Okay. No. But this dude, this dude must have been four and a half bills walking oh around if he God. was an ounce. Yeah. Okay. And he's the wearing a, yeah, and, and thank God he's wearing a t shirt. He's at least being that guy, okay? Like But he came down out of the thing and the t shirt was now soaking wet and it went over his head. So he's waterboarding himself. He can't oh breathe in the water. Yeah, he's got forty pounds of t shirt over his head <laughs> at that point. <laughs> and so yeah. the the girl who maybe weighed, I don't know. 98 pounds soaking wet runs, you know, dives in there and drags his ass out of there. Like, uh, like the, like the worst episode of Baywatch. It would have been great if she started jumping up and down on his belly and his water just came out of his mouth. Like a fountain, like a Popeye cartoon. Yeah. yeah, A Popeye or Tom and Jerry or something. (laughs) So anyway, so uh, if speaking of horror, if people want to see a real horror movie along these lines, go, I think it's probably still on Netflix. Go watch uh, class action park. It's been out for a couple of years. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Oh, that's, that's a different kind of horror movie. Uh, it's for, it's for a the, horror movie. Not, uh, 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 yeah. So the it's, problem is that let me just throw this out there for, okay. So for people who've never, who've never been to action park or don't live in the Northeast, the, 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 the stories of Action Park seem fake. People are like, this couldn't have happened. There's no way that people let these drunk, drug-addicted teenagers run this thing. And that no way in the world would there be a slide with a loop-de-loop in the middle of it that clearly would just break your neck. No way. Or car gonna- flesh out of you. Yes. yes. Right. No way is there. Are they going to put you over basically a jet engine with nothing between you and the engine but air? Like, no way this happened. It did. I was there. I literally. I it mean, it happened I, every day over and over yeah. again. And and thousands and upon people thousands went back. of times. People loved it. People went all the time, and people would go. They were, oh my god! I think it was like my favorite thing. People want to go every I year. Gone there. Yeah. And I can honestly say people look at this like this can't be real. It is. The day it burned to the ground, we were there. We were in the <laughs> We're in the Right? We're eating and I'm we're eating like I don't know, like I think we had like I think I was eating a soft pretzel or something like that. Like and like Mikey's there and and you know Mary and whatever and they and I go, "We're leaving." And Russell goes, "Why?" And he turns I'm looking out the giant windows towards the mountain which usually has snow on it in the winter, and there's just a wall of fire coming out the mountain at us. I go, we're leaving now. And it's Action Park. So we go to the exit. Everyone else runs to the fire because they're like, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Fucking fucking... People are drunk. People are high. It was fucked up. 
It was the most, I've never been anywhere like this in my entire life. It was one of the, we had so much fun. And well, near, apparently Gene I, Hendricks, another Two True Freaks podcaster has been there too. Yeah, I, I they, can't, like, when I saw the, uh, there's a whole other movie and story just from, you could see they had tapes from old camcorders that these kids took because they stay, some of them would stay at the park and party afterwards and go and have sex and do drugs and you know, whatever a high school kid that worked at Action Park and had free run of a water water park with no guidance would do, which and I know I'm the, of the age that I know what I would have done if I was working right. at Action Park. It would have been like an X-rated movie mixed <laughs> with an R-rated Animal House movie. And they have camcorder vid- video of the party and the kids. Yeah, rah, rah, rah. And you know we're only seeing just a sliver of a sliver of what those those videos are probably guarded in, in a safe deposit box by the kid who shot them. But those on those tapes is a, a whole different horror story that I would like to see. Look, OK, you, you get on a, the Tarzan swing and you don't you swing out over. Ice cold and not not like water water. This is like cold pond water level kind of water. You swing out. You're 20 feet in the air, and you let go. What? Like you look at these things. Some of the things we looked at, like we did not do the because I wasn't like Russell wanted to do the. He wanted to put the suit on and jump in and do the like the like you jump over the airplane engine. I'm like, dude, that line is like 40 minutes. We're not waiting. So we did the the slides and stuff like that. But the rope swing line, the line was an hour, but it was like, and it's like, but you go and everyone would fucking make fun of you if you were like, you fucking pussy, go higher. Like there yep. was, there was no rules. You're on a slide. It's pitch black. There's no fucking light. And then you see an end. You're like, oh, that's where I go out. Except they cut a fucking hole two feet before you would go out. And it dropped you 15 feet straight down. But no one told you when to go. So the next person is right behind you. You would hit the water. And then someone would land on top of you. And you just hoped it was like Mary landed on me. Who weighed like 75 pounds. And not Mikey. And from the street from the bath shower falling on my fucking head. Because... But we're going, and I'm trying to like... I'm like, okay, give it a minute. Let him get down there. Like, come on, you fucking pussy, go. It's like... He just went. I don't want to run into him. And I'm thinking there's an end to this tunnel, not a fucking drop. So people are like, oh, it can't be that bad. I went to River Country and and Disney. River Country is a joke compared to Action Park. There's nothing dangerous at River Country. Well, it just okay. looked like well, an- there was there was something dangerous at River at River Country. It was the fact that you might get an amoeba. But that's oh, no. a little bit different because it's a naturally yeah. occurring water that yeah. they used in right. that spring there. Yes, but in all fairness, you could have got that. Li- I want to know around. what Liverworld was like. Oh, I don't know. That's, that's a I... bar. <laughs> all I know the other is... thing to remember about Action Park is that where we were in New York, you couldn't watch a Yankee game, a Met oh, game, God. anything without seeing a dozen commercials for Action Park. You know, it was non- friggin' stop and it's like 
just it's like in whatever whether no, Brunswick or wherever it was in New Jersey. Oh, and no, dad, no, it's in uh, I forgot what it was in Jersey. Yeah, go on. Yeah, but dad was always good. Like that's like four friggin' hours. We are not going there. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> That's my dad rationale for everything. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those unicorn things where whenever you see ads for stuff like that, even as a kid, you know, it's, you know, the what the sizzle and steak ratio is. And, you know, it's all flash, but, you know, it's still good. But, you know, it can't live up to the to the, oh. the, the this. It was actually like infinitely more crazy than you're going to get from for for legal reasons <laughs> for, from the advertisement so they're was... gonna say but on the commercial chris they'd show you them driving the go-karts and you know there's no helmets on anybody mind you right you know you're looking at this going that go-kart is going so much faster than any go-kart is supposed to actually go and right, you but you see- think that's just like they, you you know, you think that like in a normal one, what they would have done is they would have like, like had uh, some sort of limiter on the gas tank to it or on the gas to it. And like before they set the limiter that them and a bunch of their friends did the shoot where they went nice and fast. And yeah. then when you get there, it goes maybe 15, 20 miles an hour or something like that. But no, no, not yeah. at all with this place. These, and this also gave you a clear shot so you could, I guess, drive off the course and onto the, the, the highway. To death. Yes. Okay. So, so the thing <laughs> is, when, when we were going to do it, we did because we, we got, when we went, you got a free round of mini golf. When it had rained so much, we played mini golf through a lake, basically. It was the most, it was the most, it was the funniest mini golf you ever played because everyone got wet doing it, whatever. But nice. we were going to do the, the carts. After we had lunch, because everyone went to the carts first, right? So everyone would go to the cart because they wanted to go early, whatever. We were going to go to the cart while everyone else was eating lunch. And that's when it caught fire. And we left. Because thank God, because I'm thinking to myself going, we dodged three or four bullets that day. Our luck was bound to run out. (laughs) And we left because it's such a small town. We had to call in fire departments from three or four towns over. So we drive. And we go in and we see a Dairy Queen. And I said, dude, let's stop and get some ice cream. Because this is back when I was just fat and could actually eat things. And not <laughs> think about eating things and get really fucking sick. So we go inside to a Dairy Queen. Now, I, I have not been to many a Dairy Queen because we don't have them around here. We have more Baskin Robbins around here and things like that, right? But I know what I'm going to order. We walk in and there is literally four smoking hot girls working. Like... Absolute smoke shows. A redhead, a brunette, a blonde, and then one who kind of had like kind of like it was like a shorter crop black hair, but like but she was all pulled back because she had her hat on, right? And I'm like, and they're all gorgeous. And I'm like, so Russell and I are like, fuck this shit. We're gonna order for everybody. We walk, <laughs> and they're like, how's it going, guys? You're like, Russell's like, pretty good. I said, yeah, we just were at Action Park. It's on fire. The girl goes, I wondered why they all went by. And now we are the two most interesting people in the entire fucking universe to these nice. girls. And Bear has to order. And I said, Bear, what do you want? And he can't look at them because he nope. couldn't talk to girls, right? He couldn't talk to other girls. He couldn't talk to girls he'd known his whole life. He barely could talk to his mom. Oh, so, God. Like, these girls, he literally like, almost had a heart attack. And I felt bad because Mary's trying to help him. Mary's one of our friends. She's like, she's like, I'm like, 
I go, do you have Yankee helmets? She goes, yeah. I go, he wants a Sunday in a Yankee helmet. Just, just you know, soft serve. Does all the, the whole, she goes, does he want, want bananas? I'm like, bear, you want bananas? I'm like, I don't know. Just give him a hot fudge Sunday in a helmet. It'll make him happy, right? And now they're thinking, well, they're so nice. They're taking care of this poor child who clearly has a severe learning disability or something, right? It's just, it's just super awkward with every single person who's a female. He's known Kelly 20 years. He can't talk to her. Like, it's worse than Raj on Big Bang Theory, oh, right? Man. So, you know, Mary orders hers. Mikey is flirting with Mary, something fierce. He's ordering whatever. And so Russell and I are there, and we get our ice cream cones, and we're just talking to them, having a great – it was fucking awesome. I'm like, this is the best trip we've ever had. We cheated death several times. Now we're hanging out with great-looking girls – have an ice cream at a Dairy Queen, and all we got to do is make it home without getting killed, and this will be a great day, right? But the problem is, and Luke knows this, it was supposed to be my birthday party, but we had no power, right? So yeah. we had to cancel the birthday party, but half the people were still there, so we kind of had half the birthday party going. <laughs> Everyone came back the next day for the birth for Beware of Birthday Party Part 2. Yes. And we literally had, like, it was the most insane, like, what, 60-something hours that I've ever lived in my entire life. This is nuts. And and, and I think about it now as where if I ate, like, two Doritos right now, I would, like, literally be coughing for the next six hours. Right? The insanity of what we did at that time. Right? I know none of this has to do with let sleeping corpses lie. But literally... But but you know what? You actually, and I take that back. It actually does because that summer, <laughs> Luke. No, it does. Luke can vouch for this. We would get, we would work our fucking asses off. We would work all day at Burger King or wherever we were working at the time. Right? We were working for the paper, whatever. We would work fucking forever. You would come home from work. I would grab a shower. Then Luke would grab his shower or whatever. Who who got home first? And then I would then cook dinner, and our friends would come over. Yeah. Which friends came over, depending on what we watched. Some nights it was Italian horror movies. Some nights it was like comedy. Some nights it was like we, we watched wrestling. Like every single night was one, two, three in the morning. Nice. Get up to be at, to be at work at 6 a.m. Never fucking tired. Never fu- like. Do you remember ever being tired, Luke? No. I don't. No, we were the, 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 the only, the only, the, the best story I can tell actually a little bit later than that, you were not home yet because you were, you were, because I was, well, no, yeah, because I was at, I was at Clemson. So I got out a little bit earlier than yes. Yeah. You did at Albany. Okay. And bear was home because bear was older than both of us. So he was at home and I went, hung out with bear and I left bear's house in Somers at like four 30. And I got home and my, and I knew that dad was going to get up at like five 30 to go to work. And so I got in, got the lights off and went, pretended to be asleep on the living room couch. And, you know, <laughs> waited till dad went to bed, dad got up and went to work and then went to bed. I'm like, Nope, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not jumping on this grenade today. No, sir. I am. <laughs> the thing is like, we didn't have curfews and stuff because we weren't, I mean, you know, no one lived near us. We always had to drive places. It was no big deal because neither one of us were drinking. Or I mean, I wasn't drinking it for sure, yeah. right? But, thing, but like Luke wasn't drinking that either, right? Kind of thing, right? Because we, we, we're not stupid. 
But it was like we would literally like we would we would work at Burger King or work at the paper wherever we were working. Like we worked at Burger King, we used to bring home burgers and we would eat burgers. And then we would like have around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, hungry. We would get like basically a, two loaves of Italian bread and make monster sandwiches, just monster wedges. I mean, every cold cut in the house, we would go through, we went through thousands of dollars of meats that summer and cheeses, <laughs> right? And you would just eat that. You're like, how did we not get sick all the time? No. But how about what do you call Fucking Russell slept there one night. We watched movies until like three in the morning. He goes, I'm not driving home. He slept over. Mom's like, well, Russell's here. Let's make French toast. Why the fuck not? We're making French toast. We all got to go to work. We made two loaves of bread into French toast for three of us. I don't understand how I could consume that many calories and not die, drop dead. But we did. <laughs> but, you can do when you're young. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, dude, if I'm like, okay, look, uh. I can have a bite of this brownie, but I'm going to really need to drink a lot of water afterwards to make sure I flush it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, as Luke used to say, Jay, I've seen, you used to be able to eat. Yeah, like, no, there's, there's a line in life where, where yeah. you think about your, your, your whole digest, digestive tract in the process and on the other side of it before you don't think about it at all, except when you just have to go to the bathroom. Other yeah. than that, you know, there's no, there's, there's a time early on in life where there's no, you don't really have to worry about cause and effect. You just throw calories in. And well, then after that, it's, you, you better chart that shit. Well, you're not supposed <laughs> Literally. to do that as you get older. Yeah. No, you're not really supposed to keep doing that shit. Oh, Luke and I, Luke and I worked at Burger King way back in the day. This we're really getting off topic, but like we would like you know someone's ordering chicken tenders because we don't have chicken nuggets like they do at McDonald's. So someone ordered chicken tenders, and you're supposed to drop eight chicken tenders, but magically it was always eleven or twelve chicken tenders oh, getting boy. dropped every time because Just if I'm gonna, yeah, I'm saying you're having a couple chicken tenders here and there. Well, one day by the time we finished. We had chewed, we had gone through an entire bag of contenders. Uh, had to find a way, like, what happened? Well, they were waste. Why were they waste? I don't know. They, we opened the bag and they smelled rotten. And the manager we had was a big pussy. So he's like, oh, God, did you throw it out? I go, yeah, we put it right in the dumpster. He's like, thank God. I don't want to smell that, right? So we wound up with eat. Like, they would be like, how come we're short, like, nine Whoppers? And I would freaking, we would wind up eating Whoppers during the day because you're hungry. You just start. <laughs> the, the, the employees are getting plumper and plumper <laughs> as the weeks Whoa. go by. <laughs> like, you think about it. You're we like, can't well, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what the problem is. <laughs> what? What? No, I didn't see any Whoppers. No. You had to order you know, new uniforms <laughs> for all of them. You would think we were all gaining weight because we were all eating all day long, right? Wait a minute. But, Wasn't this all supposed to lead back to Manchester Morgue? It is. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, uh, okay. So we used to do that kind of stuff. And you think that on your feet, literally from 6 a.m. to like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, you burn a lot of calories, right? But we would do what do you call. So there was one night we're going to do uh, – uh, we're, we're, we know we're going to have people coming over. So I drop – uh, about half a half a case or like like a big bag of Whoppers, right? And I make Whoppers, but instead of making a Whop with all the lettuce and ketchup, I just made basically giant cheeseburgers, right? 
and I'm wrapping, filling, and wrapping, and filling, and wrapping, and filling, and wrapping, and filling the bag. And I'm like, all right, Luke, go get the car and drive around the drive-thru. He's like, why? Just go, just go do it. So Luke goes to clean the parking lot. And I put quotations up there. He takes the car, drives through the drive-thru. He comes to the window. I hand him a sack, a sack of burgers and whatever. He puts in the car. He drives the car, parks it back in the front, comes back inside, goes, parking lot's clean. We're good, right? That night, I don't think, I don't know if we watched, do we watch, uh, we watched, we definitely watched a bunch of European zombie horror movies. I don't remember it was, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't remember if it was this one or not, but we definitely went and watched a bunch of movies. And that's what we did. And when, when Luke got these, whatever, whether it was that same night or not, but we used to do things like that. Like everyone's coming over, let's get it. Because dude, it's like, you know, you're working your ass off for at the time we were making like, what four dollars an hour? I mean, I, I remember think, starting. I want to say the minimum wage in New York was five fifteen an hour when at that time. Yeah, that you sounds said, about right. Yeah. When I started, it was three twenty-five. I when remember three twenty-five too. Twenty-five. I worked sixty hours in a week and didn't make a hundred dollars. I mean, like, but you know what though? I didn't have. I didn't make. Call. I yeah. was dropping a mile to work. My right. girlfriend lived a mile away from that. Well, well, yeah, because I was dating Kelly, yeah. I was like, before that, she used to live fucking far away, right? Yeah, you know? but you know, in all fairness, your girlfriend did live a while away, but mine lived real close to her. Yes. So it worked out okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, I think we used to do those things. We of course, would those chicks didn't like each other, so that didn't work out okay as much, you know? <laughs> oh, no, it's just okay, because when they stopped liking you and me, they started liking each other because they started making bad decisions together, oh, right? Boy. Yeah. When they decided to not date the two guys who were helping them actually pass high school and start doing dumb shit together that didn't involve Luke and I anymore, they magically got along, but they magically almost didn't graduate. Hey. Well, they, 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 they turned on each other soon enough. That 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 was uh, that was par for the course with the two of them. It's, it's Mama Hero used to tell me growing up, don't stick your dick in crazy. So. Well, uh, Luke and I knew a lot crazier than that. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. like. Hey. Yeah. We, we like, you know that song Catholic Schoolgirls? That was basically, uh, you know. <laughs> anyway. Mixed results so, on that, yeah. 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 Alright, so, but folks, if you want to see this movie, because Luke has mentioned there is a blue, there is a DVD for sure, and I have the DVD downstairs. Um, there is a Blu-ray that came out around the time of the DVD, but it's kind of like hard to get your hands on. Um, it gets a little pricey sometimes. You might find it cheaper. There are DVDs put out, but most of them tend to be PAL or region B. So be very careful if you're picking up in physical media to make sure it'll play in your player. Um, that's an issue I ran into the other day with, um, um, uh, what's it? The, um, text chainsaw massacre Two. It said it was the all region from arrow, but it got here and it's fucking region B from arrow. Yeah. And I'm like, and so I looked into it. Arrow never made a region zero of it. But yeah. it's being promoted as Region Zero. And I'm like, how can you promote it as Region Zero if it's not? Right? Yeah, the, it's kind of dumb. Yeah, you know? the, the one I'm seeing right now on DVD is Blue Underground put it out. And so Blue Underground is an American outfit. So that's like $24.95 right now on Amazon. And that's, that's one not- of those ones where it's like only a few in stock. The Blu-ray is a steel book, which is listed for like 60 so yep. it's you know it's it's a loaded aye, aye, aye. loaded up one, yeah. but you can you can see it on Prime Video. So you can you can watch you, you can, can rent it on Prime Video. 
You can watch it on YouTube for you free. Can find it on YouTube if you the, want to check the, the it out. The copy on YouTube is is beautiful quality too. Yeah. yeah. So well, it's, it's, the, it's the Blu-ray rip. Someone ripped the Blu-ray. It I looks like he, it. Yeah. Well, so it's it's the blue underground. Okay. So the blue underground Blu-ray is the old Anchor Bay DVD port. Everything ported. I kind of think I, I'm I'm almost a hundred percent sure it's the exact same thing, because I don't have a what do you call it? Or I don't have a, I, I don't have a tablet to look. Uh, the thing is, I'm pretty sure it's the exact same port, but it's been like you know they digital. But so it's not like it's not a 4K restoration. It's not like you know some other extended whatever cut. It's literally exactly what you would get on the Blu-ray, which is for free on YouTube, and it plays beautifully, sounds good. You know, there's no bullshit, so... Yeah. yeah, it looks good. Yep. Yeah, and the thing is, is once you watch it, I think if you're listening to this show, there's a good chance you're going to want to own it once you once you watch it, too. So. Yeah. As long as you're not, not one of those anti-physical media types. Yeah. If, if you're a collector, you would want this. If you're a especially of zombie films, you would definitely want this in your... As, you know, it's, it's an example... You know, it sort of paid tribute to Night of the Living Dead, but it carved out its own its own world of how zombies worked and everything without it being ridiculous. Yeah, it, it deserves it deserves a spot as a as an iconic zombie movie really. Yeah, it really yeah. does. And it's one of those ones like you said that's flown under the radar yeah. over the years, so I'm hoping maybe us covering it can at least expose it to a few more eyeballs. Before they so, get ripped out, you know. Real quick, let's just throw it out there. The DVD on Amazon, I just popped up. I grabbed it. You can get the DVD for like eight, eight bucks, and you know, like Luke said, the DVD. He got he watched the DVD of it. I mean, I mean, again, if you want the Blu-ray, it's a different story kind of thing because you got to kind of like find the Blu-ray and stuff. Um, but the the DVD says 2018. Is this? I take that well, the back. 2018, this... I think, is the... Well, that's the thing. There, so if you search Let ah. Sleeping Corpses Lie, you will find the Anchor Bay DVD, but you all, if you search Living Dead, the Manchester Morgue, you'll find the Blue Underground. Yeah. And Blue Underground also put out that Let Sleeping Corpses Lie DVD as well. So there, there's a couple of different ones available out there. you got to just pay attention, yeah. Yeah, that's sort of... Because I think the one from I think the one the 2000 release is Anchor Bay. Then the 2007 was the original Blue Underground port yes. Uh, yes. under the Let Sleeping Corpses Lie title, and then uh, Living Dead Manchester Morgue releases were 2018 from Blue Underground. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is yeah the tw- the 2001. That's not the one we have. It's yeah. got the skeleton guys on it. That's like 40 bucks. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, folks, it's available to watch. Watch it. And once you do it, then you can decide which way you want to get it on physical media because you because you're going to enjoy it. It's 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 this, it's just that good. So, uh. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Track this one down. Watch it. It's different and entertaining. It's, it's, it's super seventies. Also, if you're into that, the uh, oh yeah, Martin, Martin the 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 brother-in-law, he has got this really slamming seventies den that we see. Oh, yeah. Great for slamming uh, heroin into your arm. (laughs) It's actually scary, too, which is... Yeah. Always a bonus. Absolutely, yeah. See, there's more zombie movies than just the crap you guys find out there sometimes. There's there's some good stuff if you look, guys. That's that's all I'll say. Yeah, stop making us do all the work. 
<laughs> oh, we love the work. The work is life, not of the body. <laughs> our website at two true freaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o-t-r-u-e-f-r-e-a-k-s you can email two true freaks directly at two true freaks at gmail.com two true freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on itunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Everyone and welcome to the spark. Oh, fuck. Okay. Start. <laughs> <laughs> I. I-